1: Millwall. 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 Yeah, good afternoon, my name is Aaron Paul, welcome Millwall. to Acton Mill, your real Millwall fan shows. as we look back at Millwall's draw against Bristol City and preview the game at the City ground tomorrow night. Joining me, of course, the daddy himself, Mr. Loverman, Shabba, Nick Hart.
2: <laughs> Greetings, dear listeners. <laughs>
1: you, you said every week it always blows me out of water. Greetings, yeah. <laughs> and uh, our very own Scalak, who's uh, who's trying to build some form at the moment, Mikey Hayden.
3: Yeah. Good evening, listeners. Good evening.
1: Good to have you on board, pal. And uh, now we've been pre-warned that Mike's missus might be rattling around in the background in this one. Um, so yeah, if uh, if anyone's interested, is it a carbonara this evening, Mike? What is it, carbonara, bolognese? Uh We've
3: got lamb kebabs, actually. Uh, Very nice. There, of, uh, yeah, we I marinated them earlier. Uh, well, so uh, yeah, apologies for any background noise. That's Mike.
1: <laughs> M- Mike's missus firing up the barbecue in in the in the middle of the flat. Uh at the uh, result of the den, Miller won, Bristol City won. Um, the Lions came back from behind to grab a draw, um, reduced the gap to six uh, to five points. Um, a point gain, chaps, two points dropped.
2: How, how do you look at it? Oh, for me, two points dropped because we had a I was, it's funny. I was just watching the highlights before we came on on on, um, on the phone tonight to do this, and we actually created more chances than I was conscious of in in the moment. But there, there was a very drab it felt at the time, first half. Um, much better second half. We found some aggression in the second period. We we had enough chances to to get three points, and we probably should have done given. Um, the league position but um we're just struggling for goals it was just the um you know the, the the goal when it did come was was the um i thought it was matt smith it collided off of a bristol defender when the net but we're just we're just going for a period I and mean, we're going close when you watch the highlights there are quite a few very close chances we're just having no no luck so no for me two points two points drops really overall what about you mike how did you
3: feel Yeah, very similar. I think the first half was um, pretty disgraceful. It was a very scrappy game, wasn't it? Um, And I think the whole performance just summarised the patchy form that we're going through at the moment. There were elements of the performance that were positive and elements which were, quite frankly, horrendous. Uh, We seem to see a little bit of everything, I think, in in that performance. yeah, as I mentioned, the first half terrible. Then we the Rowett Rocket must have got in at half time, and we actually played really well for the first fifteen or twenty minutes in that second half. Um, but ultimately, we didn't, you know, find that find that extra go- goal to to you know go ahead. Um, which at the time I was thinking that we're looking way on top here, and and usually we we would sort of go on to win that. And then that dried out, and then um, unfortunately the game sort of fizzled out, didn't it?
2: We start so cold. I don't. I don't. One of the things I don't quite get this in recent matches. We seem to be very cold at the start of games, and then we, you know, to to whatever level we warm up as it goes along. But we started very, um, very flat-footed. I mean, the goal was I felt quite sloppy in real time. I watched it again in the highlights, and you know, we, we we could have done better. With I, I think sometimes the ball will fall to a striker in a fortunate position, and to a degree, that's what happened. But you're still looking for the defenders to block those shots. Mm. But I, I I don't know why we're we're so sluggish at the start of games that matter so much. You know, I I I said on the previous week's show that I I think some players just respond to big big situations. I just think we're we're lacking players. Of that caliber, really, it's a quality thing in the end. You know, you can't yeah. you can't beat that, can you?
3: No, it's very true. And um, what's funny is that you know we keep rotating some players in this team at the moment. And under Harris, we had such this consistent eleven lineup. Whereas at the moment, you you can't really work out who's going to play before the the uh, the lineups announced, which it must be difficult as a player. Um, but I've said sort of previously that we're obviously going through this transitional period at the moment um, and so still be where we are at the moment is very positive. But obviously it is just frustrating that we can't just get those maybe two or three little wins together, which could catapult us up into six and still find ourselves in sort of 10th, 11th, where we have been really for the last few weeks.
0: Talking about
1: yeah. form as well, Nick, we keep talking about, yeah, we build up you know a run of three four wins and and you know you're sort of in there but games are running out you know I think we're 10 or 12 games away from the end of the season and and you're looking around it and and teams are still picking up points but then again in the grand scheme of things there's no team out there bar maybe West Brom who are absolutely setting the place So like even West Brom I think they dropped points a couple of weeks ago um you know There's no team out there that is absolutely Mm. sort of walking it. So I still think it's very much open.
2: Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, we we keep saying, I mean, you're right. There's, there's what, 10 games to go now. So we're slowly getting towards last chance saloon, but then, you know, we we are in March now we are still in with a shout. Um, You know, it's, a number of times i've i've written the season off i've i've said a few times now this is a t- turning point of the season if we don't get a result here it's mid table respectability um and we still have a shout i mean it's, it's the season that won't die in some ways isn't it it's other clubs are not they're not much better than us um it's it's you know it's up for grabs um we've got a big ask on friday night going to to forest and, and getting a result but you know the way this the way the whole season's panning out you can't predict against it, so so why not? I, I, I do think, and a couple of posters made the point on, after the result on, on um, Saturday, that it's very hard to build any form when, as Mike's just pointed out, we're, not, we're chopping and changing our forward line so much, and formation as well. Um,
1: but is it's, that because of inconsistency? Uh,
2: I, I think probably there is a bit of that. I think also uh, Gary Rowett has as we've said before, is trying to make the best of a squad that's largely speaking not of his choosing or nor of his creation. So there is a bit of a wing a prayer quality to it. And we've done pretty well, you know, as we keep saying, the other side of the coin is, no matter how mediocre the division is generally, we are still um, five points off of sixth spot, a win on Friday, another couple of wins if we can scratch them out by by any means possible. We're back in the game, you know. It's it's not over and done with yet. Um, it probably will be at some point if we if we drop city points like we did last Saturday. Um, but ten games, a ten game season, effectively now. We've, we've got to make the best of it. So, you know, I'm I'm not entirely convinced that the season is there's still there's still a twist and turn to come. In these mm. ten games, I, I still think something's afoot. There will be some storyline of some sort out there. But I, you know, I, I do wonder um, once the season is over, if that when that moment comes, or if it comes, <clears throat> it's a time then to start to really think longer term. I mean, you know, we've we've seen in the news this week that Jason Molumbi has signed um, a contract with uh, an extended contract with Brighton. Wall. I don't know how you feel, Mike, but that to me mm. says as soon as. season doesn't matter anymore when that moment comes. It's time to start bringing in the the Billy Mitchells and and the others, you know, give them a go because if not, then when? If not, then when? Mm
3: -hmm. And that's, I kind of feel like, you know, Rowett sort of thing, if we do get sick, that was some kind of, I I suppose, minor miracle maybe. Obviously, that would be a fantastic achievement for us. But he said in the press as well, you know, we potentially could get up to sixth in the next two to three seasons, which is setting some sort of, yeah, time frame and looking at what he can come in, bring players in, get rid of players and so forth. Um, And I I think that's kind of worth thinking about with this season is, is he thinking, right, what I'm going to try and do is work out what my squad is going to be for next season, who's going to stay Who's going to go? Uh, And I kind of sort of get that impression at the moment Um, with the trials of Bodvarsson, for example, who you know had a little run of games. He clearly doesn't know what his best side is. Is this almost sort of like a trial for the next games until the end of the season? Let's see how far we can finish. But it could just be looking at that and going, yeah, this is more for the future than actually this season. Um, Your point on Malumbi, yeah, I mean. Obviously, um, Potter at Brighton has played quite a few youth team players with Brighton this season. I think it's Aaron Connolly, I believe. They're forward to. Yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he he definitely has an eye on youth and obviously you'd be a bit silly not to include Malumbi in a list of players who will probably play some Premier League football next season. So I think we can safely say that he's not going to be with us next year, Um, which, you know, when do you start planning for that? Who's been such a key player? Uh, I, I don't know.
2: None, none of the forward line appeared to impress Gary Rowett, other than strangely Matt Smith, who I think is not. <laughs> you know, I know this. This, this will enrage lethal. Uh, this will enrage Harry out there. I know he's listening. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I suppose you know what you're going to get with with Matt Smith, and he delivers what he can give. Um, you mentioned Bod Varson earlier on, Mike, and. I don't think Bod Varson is a Gary Rowett type of player. Um, He's too um, mercurial. One minute he's here, next minute he's not involved. When he takes a chance, as he did against uh, Reading, he put one away really nicely. He'll go and miss a sitter like he did up at um, uh, Sheffield Wednesday in the last minute. You know, you you can't depend on players like that. And I think think Rowett, um, and there's a little bit of a hint in the the words, because that was one of the... um, points that came out post-match on Saturday he had words at half time with the team you do wonder if he's losing a little bit of patience and he's taking a few judgments already on some of these players because mm. you know big situations demand big big time players I, and he's not getting that I wonder Nick
1: if you know we're, t- we're looking at the chopping and changing not the sort of squad are the players fit enough are, are, is, is it a case mm. of you know Roberts? training them every single time and 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 they're simply not fit enough and and maybe they need sort of that full pre-season again to sort
2: themselves out properly and get themselves ready for the season possibly possibly i I don't know um i mean all all the um feedback from the squad through the season has been what a great squad what a great spirit um jed has looked burned out i would agree in recent but i think he tries to carry the weight of the whole team, I think to a degree even Jason Malumbe is, is also trying to fall into the trap of, um, of of trying too much, you know, for too many people. Um, there are other players in the, in the squad who are honest uh, but limited. You know, we, we've mentioned enough times there, Murray uh, Wallace, um, and and there are others who um, you you wonder whether they'll they'll be in Gary Rowitz thinking next season. Um, so who who knows? I mean, I, I still think that there's. As long as as long as there's life left in this season, he's probably going to stick with roughly the the chopping and changing approach because I think he's trying to reshuffle the pack each time to get a result because one result gives you the chance for another result next time mm-hmm. and keeps you in the in in the game. Um, a couple of more losses or, or drop points and we're probably going to be too far behind the pack then. But then, how many times have we said that this season? Other other teams aren't exactly um, stepping up to the plate either. And more expensive mm-hmm. squads than we've got. So you have to. Look at the the bright side because um, I had an email, a very good email from one of our listeners, Mike Bissicker Thank you, Mike, for the writing. But he makes a very good point that mid-table respectability actually isn't such a bad thing from the Mill perspective because it could have been a lot worse. I always think that's a hard sell to the you know to the younger listeners out there. Um, but I think anyone of any standing as a Mill fan understands that point because you know when it came to us. We were looking behind us, and we were thinking about avoiding the drop, and that that could be the other the other outcome of this season. That's not on the agenda. So,
1: I mean, there's no doubt there's been a change in sort of direction, change in attitude under under Gary And I think, you know, whatever, however the season turns out, the future is sort of bright. If you like the cliche, you know, um, the future is bright. The future is orange, like last season's like it. You know, it's just. <laughs>
2: I'd say that the you just, I word, just think
1: I, he needs he needs to chuck his stamp on this team, Nick. And I think we're looking at, as you mentioned, you know the sort of experimental phase. I think we're 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 seeing this now, and
2: and and I think there will be a whole host of changes coming summer. I I, th- I think he's more ambitious. What do you think, Mike? I think I think he's brought an ambition that wasn't there before under under Neil Harris.
3: Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, you can see kind of some of the more expansive football that we're kind of playing and, um, you know, the fact that anyone's sort of thinking that, you know, actually 10th, we can finish better than that is 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 fantastic, as you say, with uh, the realistic uh, amongst us, uh, be quite happy with probably a 16th, 17th, 18th finish. So we need to think about that. But um, I I, no, I think you're right. And he can clearly attract some good players. Um, you look at Bennett and Woods who have come in, who yeah, we've yeah. talked about a, a little bit who uh, perhaps players have had a little bit of a tough time period uh, recently, uh, but they've got potential to really uh, sort of crack on. Um, so, so, yeah, no, I think, um, I, I, as I mentioned previously, I just think this might be a little bit of a trial run where let's see how far we can go, let's see what formation we can play, let's see what works. And then really in the summer, um, Rowett can really do his business and put his stamp on the team, which, as I say, is a very transitional season for
0: me, this. Achtung! Achtung Mehlball.
2: There's an interesting article. It's a little interview he's done on, on News at Den where he his his approach in this this final period of the of the season is to uh, and I highlighted on my notes it's to keep attacking. Um and every substitution he's making is an attacking substitution, um, with the you know, the intention of, of keeping the season alive for as long as possible. So you know, that's that's good to hear. I, I like his approach.
3: Do, do you agree with that though, Nick? Because, I mean, I think my yeah, like frustration yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a few frustrations I've had, I think, with central midfield quite recently, and I, I think with Malumbi since Rowett's been in more recently, he's been playing a much deeper position, whereas when Harris was in charge, Malumbi did sort of push on a little bit. Granted, we've lost Ben Thompson from the central midfield, who was yeah. our kind of outlayer number 10, but you know, also with Woods, I mean, the two central midfield players just seem to sit in all the time. And I think they've got a lot more to to offer than that. Even when there were sort of two or three moments, maybe against Bristol City, when Woods actually got forward into the more final third, he played a few nice passes and clearly had an idea of what, sort of what to do. But um, but clearly, I, you know, our attacking sense seems to be whether it's get it down the line to Wallace or just get it down the line, and try and get a ball in the box. We're not exactly trying to cut the opposition open
2: um i i I, I agree with his stance to attack every game Mm. um i mean to be honest a draw is equal to a loss now really i'm Mm. I'm going to presume that results can't other teams can't keep on um flopping and giving us another chance another chance so if you presume out of saturday's results that some of those teams near the top of the table and the top six are going to win then we need to win so I, i i i I think that the attacking approach is the right one and the only one that's, that's viable now. I mean, we, and uh, unless we get to a point where the season is over, then yeah, we start to experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as far as the midfield's concerned, concerned, you know, um, it's no good me loving Jason Molumby anymore because he's going to leave me, isn't he? He's going to, mm-hmm. he's going to walk out the door at the end of the season. Um, Ryan Woods is an intriguing player. I, I, the, you called him a good player and i agreed with you earlier on because he is a good player but there's something missing there's a there's a piece missing from ryan wood's jigsaw that doesn't quite fit the millwall mould at the moment now whether that will change if the gary Rowett um revolution continues into next season we start to reshuffle the squad and then Woods can spray these balls out to players that are running into space and and actually, are in in the positions that they play best in, rather than at the moment where he's spraying balls wide into players that aren't really in damaging positions. Then, maybe I'll see the true value of him. I'm I'm still a, a, the jury's still a little bit out for me on on Ryan Woods. I'm I'm not sold. I just, yet. I mean he he's he's a big sort of money
1: player at this level. Um, and I don't think that's his fault necessarily because I don't think he would have chosen to have moved to Stoke. Again, with, with Woods, I think there's an element of career rehabilitation as well because he's gone from a really good Brentford side to a Stoke side that are shit, let's be fair. Right. Uh, and and he's trying to rehabilitate himself, either put himself in the shop window for, for the summer or play for a permanent deal under Rowick. Now, is he a good enough player? I, I don't know. I think there's better out there that you'll be able to get on less sort of money. I always mention uh, mentioned Kifton Bell from Birmingham. I think he's a good player. But there's a few other players in this division who could actually do a decent job on 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 sort of you know on a better budget as well. Um, but you just do wonder sort of what I'd love to sort of sit down with Gary out and find out yeah. what his you know true sort of thoughts are onwards on a lot of members in the squad because let's be fair Sean Williams can't carry on doing what he does in terms of you know no, he's going to do the no. dirty work and, and continue. Um you know is Fergie a good enough sort of left winger is is you know there there's there's a lot of gaps. There's a lot of places which can be improved. And I, I, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what happens come the end of the season. And maybe if, I mean, if Stoke go down, Ryan Woods will be available cut price, let's be fair.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, I I can see the I can see the quality in the in the in the player, and um, and you know, anyone that can pa- pick out a pass, crossfield passing is always going to impress in the championship. One thing that strikes me about Gary Rowett as a manager, and he's, he's had his career probably go off a, a slight cliff edge. You know, he was he was he, he was on an upward um, trajectory, and then it's dipped, and now he finds himself at Millwall. But there's a there is a hunger to Gary Rowett to get back on the upward swing of his career. And there's a hunger also, I think, in Mason Bennett because everything I've seen of that of that boy since he's come to the club um, has been about uh, forcing, you know, trying to force his way into first team football, trying to force his way into into contention in the team, and create danger. I, I like the look. I get an instinctive mm-hmm. feeling that Mason Bennett is a hungry player. He wants to get back to the big time where he's come from. I just don't get that, and I could be wrong. I might be mm-hmm. misjudging Ryan Woods. I just don't get that that vibe from him. At the moment,
3: yeah, I agree. It it depends what role he's playing, though, Nick, because at the moment, I just feel, as I mentioned earlier, kind of he's just been told to sort of sit in and almost do the dirty work, spray balls out to the wide players. You know, I haven't watched him enough to think he's got a lot more to his game than that. Is he a limited player? I don't know. He seems to have a lot of energy. But it, it, is it a case, you know, is that what's Rowett's telling him to do? And what would be interesting is just hear what Rowett's thoughts are and some of these players is actually what is their best role in the team? Because you look at, again, someone like Bod and where we don't really know. I don't think anyone knows, maybe not even Rowett with him. But that case of, yeah, where does everyone fit? What what are his thoughts on how people should be playing? And what is he telling some of the players? That, that you know, that's interesting to hear.
2: It's, I mean, it's always interesting because you can always pick out... Um, you can kind of read the the runes a little bit of a manager who, who do they praise mm. i mean you won't get them criticizing anyone not not whilst the season is active and probably not even beyond that but um you know sean hutchinson has been picked out for praise on news at den and i i can see why he's a gary Rowett player he delivers mm. what he can he's he's, he's a he's, he's in form at the moment he's, he's back to the sean hutchinson that we that we, we voted player of the season he performed well again on saturday um and it's just interesting who who gets the you know it's, it's almost the alex this so he would pick out a player to praise wouldn't he and then the ones he didn't get didn't get praised they they felt the um the chilly wind you know there's a I think there's a touch of a touch of that in the squad at the moment
1: it'd be interesting to see a lot of the players that he he offloads who they go to what levels they go to i mean we've looked at some of the the release players um from the summer, I mean, let's look back at sort of Jordan Archer, uh, James Mer- uh, Meredith as well. I mean, where 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 have these players ended up? They, I don't think any of them are actually playing in the championship. No, mm-hmm.
2: they're not. No, they, no. They, it's a fascinating thing. The football world is a ruthless world, isn't it? I mean, the trapdoor is 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 a is a it's a long way downwards and um, quite quickly as well. There was a, a, I don't know if you saw it, uh, Mike. There was a post. And um, uh, non the life. Spartans have just sacked Lee Clark. Who was um, I think was was he Huddersfield manager? Yeah,
3: he he was our big rival for a few years in League One. We? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But it was a, it, it was, was amazing. amazing how he's he's sort of fallen completely. Totally, totally. I mean, you know, we, we've mentioned um whatever lies behind. Marshall's fall from grace. You know, he's playing for pub teams. And Lee Clark, um, who was managing at the Den, was thinking, you know, if, if that had gone differently, I think that was Huddersfield he was managing. He, he would have gone up to the Championship. Who knows yeah. what would have lay, lain before him? You know, when the when the trap door opens in football, you, you tumble quite fast, don't you? And I, you know, we only ever really look at the successes, but sometimes on on social media, these little names pop up. And you think wow are you there you know what you know know
1: what looking at it it's funny you say that it's funny you say that i'm just looking at the transfers out let me just run through them jordan archer went to oxford lee gregory to Stoke, stoke yeah he thought he thought yeah, they're going to go up. Whatever, whatever happened happened. Tom King dropped to Newport. David Martin went to West Ham. That's an anomaly. Let's be fair. McLaughlin went to Sunderland. Dropped to level. Sid Nelson, tramir dropped to level. Ryan Tunnycliffe stayed at Luton. Uh, L- division yeah. went to Luton. Fred Onyedima dropped to level. Wickham, James Meredith, Perth Glory dropped to level. Steve Morrison dropped to level. Eventually retired. Tom Elliott dropped two levels. Went to Salford. The only player in that list who's actually done well is Ryan Tunnycliffe at Luton. He's consistently mm. played from them. Field. Granted, they've lost a lot of games. They've been dicked a couple of times, let's be fair. But watching them on Saturday, they were actually really good and they're, they're building form that they may get out of it. Who knows? But Ryan Tunnicliffe is the only one who's actually stayed at that level and has actually consistently performed. The rest of them have all dropped, which I think shows, you know, there needs to be that sort of constant replenishment of the squad, that sort of recycling, if you like, rather than keeping the same old players who eventually are going to give you no. Value. I mean, let's be fair. Fred went for a fee. Morrison, I don't think went for a fee either. Oh, no, I don't know no, about Morrison. No. Fred went for a fee. Samuel Dozy, the uh, youth player, went for a fee. That's it. No one goes for a fee at Millwall because they rag the players so much. They're worth nothing in the end. Well, now, can... you know, I think it's a case of finding. Players of value, like a Bradshaw, like a, a Wallace, and I know we don't like to sit here and hear, oh, Villa in for Wallace, 15 mil, blah, blah. But you know what? It's actually quite a good feeling as well. It shows the club's doing something right and they're not settling for for mediocre. It's, mm, it, that's, a,
2: that's, that's a very interesting list actually and mm. you know when you when you run your eye down those names all of them tony cliff apart and i I think luton you know just looking at the the league table Luton still bottom but five points for clear of safety and showing form just when you need it if you're gonna if you're gonna make a fight of it so you know and i i, I never thought um tony was as bad as <laughs> some you know um are you listening harry um <laughs> I I, 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 you know, I always felt there was more to him. He was just, he, he had a touch of the Ryan Woods about him from, in, in many ways. You know, similar kind of um, midfielder in, in some respects, to me at least. Anyway, one other name I just want to throw into that um, list, not not on the same price list, but much higher, was George Saville, who didn't mm-hmm. start for Borough the other night. He was on the substitutes bench. Was Borough looking, well, they're not quite adrift, but they're looking, you know, I wouldn't want to be in their position. Let's put it that way, 38 points. Um, you know, with uh, looking to fight their way out of relegation, eight million pounds worth of talent there, um, and the, you know, seemingly headed for League One at the moment, unless things change quite rapidly. So it, it is a it's it's a cutthroat world. You know, you have to take your chance when you've got it, and if you don't, like we said, the trapdoor falls a long way, doesn't it?
0: Achtung, Mailball.
2: The other thing that's reassuring, I think, about the club at the moment, there does seem to be some kind of long-term plan because mm. uh, Ralph is talking about a two or three-year period where we we might be a top six challenging side. There are plans, however, realistic to develop the area. Um, we've even seen the club shops are starting to get some mm. decent gear together now. So you do get a sense that there's that, 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 you know there's people in trying to bring some, some order and some structures to the club, which is which is reassuring there's not always been so is it
1: there is movement isn't there now i mean like you can actually see that there's maybe a a vision maybe a plan i mean um i i think it's down to actual sort of forward-thinking people at the top level in the club and i look at steve kavanagh and he's someone i've had you know a few interactions with and a lot of people talk about him being very corporate do you know what i think that's actually a really good thing And, you know, I love the way he deals with stuff. I mean, let's go back to sort of, you know, um, the instance we saw where, you know, Millwall fans... Um, got involved with, with 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 sort of you know racist and if you like. Steve Kavanaugh's attitude mm. wasn't you know we're going to sort of like bury our heads in the sands or brush it under the carpet. No, he called a meeting with seventy two heads of, of of clubs and and talked about how the club is going to deal with shit themselves. You know how how we're going to deal with this properly, how we're going to do it. It actually it, it it's actually a really good outlook you know the club is signing better quality commercial partners as well we've seen one this week luke 1977 who had an uh, an ill-fated sort of spell um making aston villa's kits the first season they were back in the championship i believe um but you know they've been signed as a partner husky chocolate is 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 a partner i mean you know don't get me wrong we're never going to eat a bar of husky chocolate but you know hey they're pumping money in, so who cares you know it's it feels like the tide is turning with this club now. Maybe they're 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 trying to gear up to become
3: a Premier League style machine no I was, yeah no i agree potentially yes i mean i have not kind of felt the club in this kind of best sense you know we've always had the backing for many years now with john berrelson who's been covering sort of losses with with the club but but actually in the, you know in the last sort of couple of seasons anyway with a little bit more investment in the squads um bringing someone in who the caliber of gary rowatt um i think is is high these new plans for a new stadium i mean yeah, I mean, there's some exciting plans, but you never know with Millwall, do you? We might have the best, uh, best plans <laughs> out there, but uh, it still might all go to pot.
2: I think I think Aaron's point that we are gearing ourselves up to potentially, potentially, at some point, um, if we get through the the, the playoffs or, or however we do it, top two, who knows, um, get into the Premier League. You, you have to become a certain type of football club. And I, I think there's a lot around the support and to a degree I include myself in this because you know all of my life Mill has been this kind of lovable rogue that um you know you know is always going to be the kid that gets caught at the back of the classroom with his doing the naughty stuff and that's that's who we are you know the idea that we can transform or that we have to transform into a more professional outfit a more 2020 style football club is is a difficult ride for some some of our our, our, um, our support um i it has to be done because there's no alternative and you know anyone that says i mean there's a huge hoo-ha online the other day about body cams on the on the on the stewards and i don't know that I'm not even going to go into the realms of whether what licensing these should or shouldn't have, and what you can and can't do with the, the body cam imagery and, and all the rest of it. I, I, but there was there was a huge kind of kerfuffle on online about this, um, and the fact of the matter is this is this is fairly standard stuff around the football scene, the Premier League football scene, a lot of the bigger Championship clubs. Debate rightly or wrongly, I'm not going to get into that, but that's how football is now. And if you want to sit at the top table, and I don't know what else we're, we're in the game for, unless it is to sit in the top table, unless we're going to, turn ourselves into some kind of nostalgic um you know um back to back to the, back to the 80s <laughs> league league one league two side some <laughs> some might like that but i don't see that the business people that are backing a club want that um you kind of have to go down these roads i don't know what there, there are no alternatives so going back to Aaron's point about the the everton and the, the post everton um changes that we've seen over the over the you know, the months since, I mean, uh, every time I walk in now, there's a sign telling me to to please sit in. I don't know, I'm supposed to sit in my right seat or remain seated, one or the other, but no one takes any notice of it. But they, you will get this kind of stuff now. This is this is how football at the top level is conducted. You know, they're selling allocated seats now at the cold blow lane end whereas previously it was just unreserved it probably does hurt hurt in the moment but that's where it's got to go mike you
3: know yeah true um and i think it's just kind of coming down from the premier league isn't it and i think almost like the championship sometimes feels like that sort of mini premier league with the amount of teams that have now been in the top division the money that's flying around it's only natural that there will be these other elements that are now kind of coming down to the championship to make it Almost like that, you know, Premier League waiting room, um, and you know you've got to get on board with it, or unfortunately, you may find yourself going. The other way um so i think it's the right thing that the club is definitely doing but um i have faith in our board and i think berylson um who is you know a a sort of Millwall supporter now that we we will kind of keep the core traditions of of the club and and the support and you know we're not going to change are we nick um i'm not (laughs) going to change it's too late now you'd have changed by now if that
2: was going to happen a long while it would have happened a long while ago but um, exactly 40-odd um, years later, I'm not going to change now. But I, I, I make you right. I mean, I think there is, there is, there does seem to be the hint that money is involved at the club now and you don't get to get into the Premier League or, or compete for it without money being available. Um, the Husky does seem to be... Um, you know, a substantial sponsor. And, you know, we, we've mentioned a few times there the are other involvements in motorsport, which is not a cheap venture to get into by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so you do get a sense that there's, you know, the, the serious investment coming. There will be a price to pay on the, on the I mean, anyone that says, oh, it's not the mill that I know. And I read this a lot around the, around the, the message boards and on, online, you know, um, they're sanitizing us, they're changing us. It's, it's, it's football in 2020. There is there is no going back to 1985. It's I, it's not I, I, can't Nick, be done. I completely agree
1: with what you're where, where you're coming from. I think to sort of simplify, people have to move with the times, and if you don't, you will end up like a Coventry, like Co- an Ipswich, Bradford City. Yeah, yeah, You know, a club that was once in that Premier League, fighting, pushing, smashing it, um, and has sort of fallen away because they haven't moved with the times. They've tried to sort of just top up constantly with crap and they're falling. Ipswich are ninth in League One. Ninth. And League One, you know what? People take the piss out of these leagues. Let me tell you something. The, the, The trap door at the bottom of League Two is the worst. The worst, the worst. Once you go through that trap door, you're in trouble. But trying to get out of League One is nigh on impossible. You look at all the teams around them Commentary are top, uh, at top, but Ipswich are ninth, the pre-season favourite tonight. You know, it's an unreal league, and and you know, sort of Sunderland. We talk about them as well. They're fifth. This is Sunderland. You know, yeah, it's not, know. it just doesn't work. You've got to constantly maintain you know it's like again we, you know let's use an analogy of a car you've got to service it you've got to maintain it and and you know what the more you maintain it the more mileage you're going to get out of the thing if you fuck it up and fail to maintain it it's just not going to work and you look at the chairman of your Coventry's your Portsmouth Sunlands, uh, Ipswich's Bradford's at some point or another they haven't been maintained properly
2: no I agree and I'm, I'm just looking at the National League so the Vauxhall Conference the conference wherever you want to Call it the, the the fifth division, and you know you look. There's Notts County sitting in the in the in the in the in the in the fifth tier. You know Notts County, um, the oldest football club, uh, league club um, in in the country. Once were I can remember them being in the first division. You know this in my in my footballing lifetime, so to speak. Um, they're a big club. They were never the equal of Nottingham Forest, but they're a big club. Um, and yet they're they like, sitting quite you know quite. Um, well, in in sixth spot at the moment in the National League. And then you run your eye down. There's other league clubs, ex-league clubs, Wrexham, um, you know, Chesterfield in in the relegation zone, going out to be the the, 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 the National League North. Well, you're not far short of park football then. You know, you are... (laughs) It's a dramatic way to put it, and there'll be a lot of people listening to me on on this show saying, oh, it's not the mill I know. You're changing. It's a, a stripping of your identity and so on and so forth. And to a degree, I I know what they mean. But unfortunately, the the, the wheel turns. There's no no alternative but to change. Because if you don't change whilst trying to retain the best of who you are, um, the the change will be imposed on you, as as you've just said there,
0: Aaron. By.
2: I mean, look we-
1: at if forget that. You look at it. Millwall's opponents tomorrow night in Nottingham Forest. They've been out of the Premier League for 21 years. You know, a fabulous yes. club, fantastic history, brilliant stadium. Um, out of the out of the big big league for 21 years, they've dipped into League One, I think, twice. Um yeah. in that period. Um, and they've chucked money at it. They've chucked money at it, but with no direction, there's no balance, there's no sort of plan, there's no, you know, strategy towards it. It's literally a case of chuck money at it, spend money on big names, which to be fair, they've done to an extent again this season, and hope for the best. Now, let me tell you something, they they failed this season, they're in big trouble, and I think they're gonna be in trouble due to FFP, they're gonna be in trouble because of you know the the wages they're spending on players. It just, it's again, they're just trying it again and again and again. You know, I think one thing we've got to say again, and props to Kavanaugh, props to Kavanaugh. You know what? Again, we talk about Adam Barrett. Nick, you and I interviewed Adam Barrett after that game, after the Leeds game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: after Leeds to yeah.
1: Now, we sat down, we're like, you know what? Adam Barrett, brilliant. Yeah, great. Blah, blah, blah. With all due respect, if Steve Kavanaugh wanted to do it on the cheap and wanted to sort of just see what happens and just take over. He would have hired Adam Adam Barrett. He would have hired Adam Barrett and just got to the end of the season, cracked on. But no, I think he's shown ambition in going out and getting Gary Rara. I really think, let's be fair, there was no better manager out there. Who else could you have gone and got out there to come to Millwall to manage in the Championship? No one. I think they're showing a lot of ambition, a lot of sort of, um, a lot of of ideas. And I think it's really good. And I, I props to him because...
2: You know, for a corporate head, he's shown a lot of footballing strategy and a lot of fo- footballing brain. I've been hugely impressed with Gary. I mean, I, I, when he signed, I, I, I think I said I was underwhelmed at the time, but I'm not underwhelmed, underwhelmed anymore. Um, the, there is there is a real sense of ambition in Gary Rowett, which will take us with him if we give him the framework within which he can work, the investment framework and the off-field framework. Um, As much as it hurts some people, and Mike, you'll know exactly what I mean when people talk about the the loss of identity, but unfortunately, the world is a changing beast. And if you don't move with it, um, you're you're lost. And I, I, I don't know what the alternative is.
3: No, no, I agree. Uh, Rowett wouldn't have come to Millwall if we didn't have a good proposition. Let's be honest. I appreciate his stock was slightly down after the Stoke job, but um, I'm sure he would have wanted to come to a club that was showing ambition and not one that was just not going to invest in the side and not have any you know, ambitions to get to the, the promised land, as we say. So, um, yeah, I think um, yeah, uh, he's uh, very happy with, with Gary. Uh, I remain happy.
0: Achtung, Milval.
2: Well, this this happened last night, didn't it? There was the strange sight of Eric Dyer at Spurs, running up the the the, the banks of seats to get to um, to get to a fan in the crowd um, who reports seem to suggest um, was insulting his 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 family, I believe, or his brother Mm. up, up there in in the seating. And Eric Dyer, by some method, seems to become aware of that and has lost the plot and has gone up there to. Confront the, um, confront the the said fan. Um, I was interested to see what people thought of I and mean, Harry sent um his his piece, I thought we'll just play that now from Harry, um, because Harry's views in in some ways match a lot of other views that I've picked up around the net. So let's, let's just run Harry's piece and then come back to it afterwards, perhaps.
4: Uh, my thoughts on Eric Dyer fighting with the crowd. Um, I haven't really seen the incident. I've only seen mock foe outrage, on um on social media as is the case these days um my main issue with uh eric dyer jumping into the crowd is that if you were to jump onto the pitch to vent your frustration at a um at a player or a decision from a match official you'd be banned and uh and charged with all sorts so for him to Leaves the field of play and jump into the crowd to either front someone or gesticulate or so on. Um, although it is fine, and it, there's a fine line between paying your money and getting to nasty levels of abuse. Now, these people are professionals and they are paid an awful lot of money. Now, am I saying that that allows the members of the general public to abuse them? No. However, it does allow people to cast their opinion on your performance as a professional sportsman. Now, I don't know what is allegedly have been said. I will say that I do not think Eric Dyer is a very good football player. I also don't think there's a lot of very good football players at Millwall. If someone was to jump the barrier to try and gesticulate how bad my opinion was of them at Millwall, would I have a problem with it? Yes, I probably would. So therefore, should I have a problem with um, Eric Dyer jumping into the crowd? Yeah, I do, because... Also, from Eric Dyer's point of view, if he jumps into the crowd and he meets an absolutely raving lunatic, which members of the general public tend to be, um, he's endangering himself more than damage he's going to do if a crowd was turning particularly nasty. So I think players should just take it on the chin and let their sports management companies deal with their social media fallout.
5: So the Eric Dyer incident that's been on the lips of many in the last 24 hours since Tottenham Lost to Norwich. Um, What are my views on it? Uh, I think following on from Harry's comments, uh, I do think he's right in the sense that, you know, if the role was reversed and a fan entered the field, he would be given obviously bans up and down the country for um, entering the field of play when you're not allowed to do so. Um, And yes, you could say that the sort of return should be the same. It's also um, difficult as well because. You don't unless unless it's printed somewhere that I've not seen, we don't know really what's been said. We've just seen the reaction. Obviously it must be something that's quite bad for him to react in that way. And um we obviously don't want family members to um we don't want family members to be insulted when it comes to um players who are playing. Um so say one player's shit is one thing to to say one player's not putting in enough efforts another, but He must have really said something for for Dyer to have seen a reaction from his brother and and really, you know, sort of, or if given the chance, lay into him. Uh, Compared to recent ones, it's obviously not as entertaining as when uh, Eric decided to uh, swan dive into the uh, sort of stand at Sellers Park and also Brian Clough giving someone the right-hander. But, oh, it's it's a tough one. I I think the question is more with Mourinho's answers because he's very much sitting on the fence in the sense that He's sort of saying, it was wrong what he did, but I can see why he did it. And if the club want to fine him or the club want to put in sanctions against him, I won't support it. But it's wrong. Mourinho's never been one for having splinters in his bum from sitting on the fence. And he seems to be getting a few now. Coming, lines.
0: Yeah, I, I have a lot of
2: sympathy for Eric Dyer, um, and I, It's not fashionable. Because one of the things that has been picked up on a lot by when I read the threads and, and you know, it tends to get a little bit tribal depending whether you're a Spurs fan or you're not a Spurs fan. Clearly I'm not a Spurs fan, but um, people seem to have this view that because you earn a few zeros on your wage packet, that you are almost stripped of any um, human reaction and that you should be able to just to take, um, you know, abuse. I don't know what kind of abuse this has been thrown at his brother or from or him or the family in the crowd. So I'm not going to comment on what type of abuse it is. So I don't know. But the, you know, they remain, players remain human beings. And as we saw with the famous Eric Cantona incident at Selhurst all those years ago, you know, the, the legendary moment where, again, the red mist descended and he actually physically attacked the fan, um, which Dyer didn't do. I don't think he got close to, to, to uh, Chummy Boy in the crowd in the end. But, you know, just because you earn more money than the average man doesn't mean to say you're stripped of your of your reaction and a lot of people say things along the lines of you should be trained as a professional to to accept it and to let it go in one ear and out the other and let it wash over you but sport is not like that sport is an emotional experience and an emotional profession and the fact that he's gone up to defend his family and his brother in a situation that I'm presuming was where abuse has been thrown at them. I've got a large degree of sympathy with him. I mean, you you can't have players doing it too often. I I accept that, but equally, I I understand it.
3: Well, he's not, he's not going to get away with some some sort of, Disciplinary or sanction, because you know you, you can't do that. And I think similar to what Harry made in his um, piece was, you know, if a fan runs on the pitch and confronts someone, you may well get arrested and, and banned. So well, yeah, I, yeah.
5: Um,
3: and I think Dyer will, will definitely have some sort of sanction. And I, I feel a little bit sorry for him because he's had a tough time with injuries, being in and out of the team. Um, clearly, there's something not. Right in the Tottenham dressing room, whether that's the Pochettino leaving, um, you know, you always see um, Deli Ali um, throwing his uh, toys out the pram, and something's not kind of right down there. And something or other has thrown Eric Dahl over the edge. And um, I feel a bit sorry for him that he's. He's been found himself in this situation. As we say, we don't know what's been said, but as a professional footballer, though, you can't run in the crowd and yeah, Mike, confront-
1: Mike. No, 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 I, d- I we, don't as agree. Fans, yeah. we automatically assume that that barrier that separates us between our seats and the pitch, that that's sort of like this thing where we can hurl abuse at people. They're not football. They're not just footballers. Granted, they earn a lot of money. They this, they that, whatever. They're people. We can abuse them. We can call them cunts. We can call them dickheads. They're shit. They're this, they're that, they're whatever. Yeah? And we expect no retaliation. Zero retaliation. Mate, everyone's got a breaking point. Everyone's got a breaking point. Now, if that geezer is going and mugging off Eric Dyer's family, one, I, I don't know how Eric Dyer hears it from such a
2: distance. No, that's a point you yeah. I,
1: I don't know but, that no apparently it was a physical altercation and the point if you look at the location of where it was it's above the tunnel and eric dyer's gone it he's it's a natural instinct i'm not condone uh sorry um yeah i'm not condoning what he eric dyer did but what i'm saying is that it's natural human instinct we have a human instinct to go and protect we have a human instinct to go and sort of defend ourselves
2: defend people we love etc why can't eric dyer do that no i agree i agree i i i i I think it's a natural reaction. Of course, he's got to take his medicine. He's going to get punished. I mean, I, 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 speaking from memory, I think Cantona got uh, was it eight months or nine months. No, 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 uh, no.
1: He didn't get eight, nine months. United gave him the ban.
2: Jamaican United himself. gave him the ban. Oh, ban. Okay, so Okay, yeah. so, so the, the net effect was he was not in the game for a very long period of time, eight, nine months, whatever it was, um, because that was seen as crossing, um, crossing a line. Um, now... I, I, you know, just having seen the video, the mobile phone footage with, with Dyer last night, he's not actually got hold of the guy. The guy's been, I think, he actually ran for it. To be honest, it's quite funny when you see <laughs> yeah.
4: there's an angle where
2: the, the, he's, uh, as Dyer's getting up, uh, coming up the um, the angle of the seating. Um, the bloke I, I believe is a well-known keyboard um, voice, whatever you want to call it, uh, on on the Spurs scene. I, I, I don't know that, but yeah. um, he's shitting himself. I, his chassis is chassis. <laughs> well, because I, I think I think there's this dawning re- realization that the the, the the monster coming towards him actually is not going to stop, and I think if, there's this kind of human idea that there's certain lines that will not be crossed, and I think the the the, the keyboard warrior, whatever we what we want to call him. Um, had this kind of illusion that he was going to stop or someone would hold him back or something would happen, but mm. he just kept coming until, as you rightly say, <laughs> Mike, he crapped himself <laughs> and, and ran. I mean, that, that's that's the most amusing part about it. And I think that, you know, uh, it might be a long period out of the game for Eric Dyer, but I would take great comfort from the fact that bloke has had plenty to say and then run for it when you got close because that thing is the ultimate, um, you know, the, the ultimate justice. But they'll have to pay for it, I must say. Uh, I just picked up, a, there's a, a tweet from Mike Calvin, the journalist, who said rather than censuring Dyer for leaping into the crowd, let's concentrate on the fan who prompted him to do so. Abusers tend to escape punishment and the problem is getting worse. Uh, One Premier League manager told Calvin of two recent incidents when he confronted a fan delivering disgusting abuse in the earshot of kids. Um, I, 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 I like the game to have fire. I like the game to have energy and we're Millwall fans so we know what that means when I'm saying I like the games to a fire. You want to see a bit of interchange with the, the under West lower giving it to the, the opposition management and the, and, and, the, and the players. But I don't think you can give it and complain at a reaction if you get it. I, I think that's where you see a lot of people now with, in outrage that, oh, look at Eric Dyer, he's, he's reacted. But if you're going to give something to a player, you, you can't keep poking and then not expect the bear to react. You know, it will happen at some stage.
0: Achtung, Mehlwein.
2: Moving on should we talk about talk, should preview well, this game yeah preview for forest um another another sky tv game um mm. we, we've never been on the telly so much michael
3: i don't know. I know I mean, who's watching it <laughs> i, I no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, no, I know, and um, I remember Harry saying it's a game I wanted to go up to, but you know, when it's a Friday night, you can't always get up. Yeah, um, I can't go up there for that one. No, it's,
2: uh, there we go. Yeah, Sean Hutchinson's quoted, and I think he's right. Um, Interesting that his name keeps cropping up. I think he's seen very much as a senior player now, a real backbone of the side. But Sean Hutchinson says to. Um, uh, I think it's to the official side. If we want to have any aspirations to keep the season alive and push on, we need to try and win the game. I think it is yet another must-win game. Um, be a tough one. I think they're a decent side at home. Um, as you've said, Aaron, the City ground is a big, proper Premier League level ground. This is a big club, um, one that wants to get back into the, into the top flight itself. So, It'll be a big ask, but we seem to respond best to these situations. Mm. It's a very bizarre, bizarre season in some ways. You know, we, we've yeah. we've we've been been to some low points and we've been on the ups, and and it's a very very um, odd season. I, I I I couldn't predict against this, but I, I don't know what to expect out of Friday night. Yeah. It's it's going to be a tough it game. It just depends on what Nottingham Forest
1: turn up. I mean. You know, they play some fabulous football sometimes and sometimes they look woeful, like properly, properly woeful. Um, so, yeah, it, it just all depends on them, really. I, Maybe, um... I think they all go there, play their game. But, uh, yeah, but uh, you know, if Forest turn up and, and look on fire, then, you know, they could cause some problems to Lions.
3: They've only won one of their last five games as well, mm-hmm. which I find quite surprising. Um, although they've only lost once in the last five, so and you know, as we said earlier in the season, we've been some you know big sides and won. You look at the sort of Swansea's, Bristol Cities, Preston's. So there's no ch- you know no reason why we can't go there and and pick something up. But um, I get that impression about Forest as well when they're on their day. Um, you know they will probably beat us quite comfortably but if they're not we've we've certainly got a chance um interestingly enough i don't know if ever you if you've ever done the bbc predictor you know when it gets near the end of the season yeah and you can uh, i'm sure you've heard of it aaron and um, my brother's just done it and texted it to me and apparently we're sick so um i'm guessing <laughs> he's been <laughs> I'm ge- I'm guessing he's been down the pub tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it might be an interesting sort of thing. So maybe he thinks we're going to win tonight tomorrow. I'm not sure. I'll
2: <laughs> well, tell, tell you what. If if we if, if the Millwall the second half Millwall turn up and take the game to Forest from the off and get at them, you know when you mm-hmm. watch the the particular second half it's but to a degree the first half when we got the ball down the wings and crossed. Um, like we, we should do, like we can do, then there's every reason to be hopeful. There's no reason why we can't get a result there, but we've got to take out a game. There's no place for these soppy cold starts and giving away sloppy gold, because this you know Forrester are a decent side. They'll punish us. But if we can attack, like he said, uh, Gary Raritsch said that we want to, and we want to gate crash the playoffs, then we've got to get the ball forward. We've got to get at them down the sides. So you've got to get players like Conor Mahoney, Involved. Um, I'm presuming he'll start because he does offer the, uh, the the creativity when he's when he's alive when he's interested. I, I don't know. Also, it's not on the points from the earlier game. But there was um, when we scored on Saturday, and I mentioned it in the 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 live show that I did briefly on screen Connor turned around to the crowd and gave like a what looked like a not a sarcastic fist bump I don't know how you do that but it was it, it, it was like he was reacting back to someone in the crowd, maybe taking a little bit of um flack as he took the corner um because he's not really delivered on on the grand scale since he's come to the, to the club and I I think that now's the time for Connor to show the quality that I think he undoubtedly possesses so you know, if you can't go on a big night of football to the city ground and deliver the skill that you clearly have, then you should you should be asking yourself questions as to, as to your place in football. So if, it, if we can get the angry Connor Mahoney, if we can get the fired up Millside, side and a little bit more luck in going front of goal, then these chances must start paying off at some point. Must do.
1: Yeah, certainly. <laughs> um, massive weekend on a whole in terms of the football league and you know it taking shape in those sort of top six to ten places um i mean yeah some, some, some big big fixtures out there um just taking a look at a couple bristol city fulham is a is a big one saturday lunchtime leeds got huddersfield uh swansea west brom um Otherwise, you know what, there's no other teams that actually jump out at me and I go, oh shit, yeah, look at that game, Preston entertaining QPR, Um, so yeah, it's going to be a good one, an opportunity to pick up some points, Uh, the city ground is the location, Kickoff tomorrow Mm. is at 7.45, it's live on Sky, Um, how's it going to go, Mikey Hayden?
3: I'm not confident for some reason. Um I think we'll lose 2-1 on this occasion.
2: And that will end our season I think if that uh, happens. Yes.
0: Yeah. I,
2: th- I, th- I think if we get beat there I think I think that will be the the end of the road for the the current um squad and then we'll, i really hope we'll start to experiment bring in the youngsters and start to give some of the players that are clearly um promising you know uh a chance but anyway we'll wait wait for that to happen um my i'm fighting my, my heart and my head are fighting a battle aaron and I, I i always allow my heart to win over my head so i'm gonna say going to forest on the big occasion, I, I I think we'll get a draw there. I, I I think it'll be a big ask to get a win, but I I think we'll get a, a draw. So it'd be Nottingham Forest one, Millwall one.
1: I'm going for the Desmond chaps,
2: two two.
1: I'm going for the Desmond. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, I I think that I think that it could, it could happen. I think that um, you know Millwall could go and cause some problems. Then you know Forest. I can't remember the last time I saw them actually playing at full tilt. Maybe against Leeds to an extent, but even then they rode their luck. But uh, I- I'm going for the 2-2, I reckon, chaps. Um, let us know your predictions as well, at CBL, the mag, isn't it,
2: Nick? Uh, CBL underscore magazine. Or yeah, you can go, he- what
1: are the social medias and well, you know, communication details?
2: Uh, I'm on Instagram. I never know what I'm doing on Instagram. I'm no, really. I've had to give you- a <clears throat> course now and then yeah you you, you asked me to do things on Instagram, and I don't know what why but anyway, it's because I'm not a millennial. Um, I'm on instagram. um and I can't remember what the uh, the handle is on that, but anyway, i'll I'll stick it on the on the show notes. Um, uh, but you can email us. I can handle email actung at gmail dot com. and i i'm I'm determined on getting someone to leave me a voicemail, and you can call in from anywhere around the world to the voicemail line, which is not me answering, it'll be an automatic thing. So just leave mm-hmm. your your thoughts on it. And that is 0208 one four four oh two three two. You probably need to stick a plus four four if you're dying the ball But I I'd really like to hear from um fans around the world as to who you are, why you follow the lines and where you are and um stuff like that. I, I just think it's one of the joys of this thing we call podcasting is um is that it reaches around the globe i find it quite incredible it never ceases to secretly amaze me because i i come from a different era one other thing before we close um i I did a little on our whatsapp group and i think i put it on online is our demographic I i don't know if you boys have had the chance to fully absorb um, the demographic of the listenership of our show. This is from Spotify, because it's one of the channels that we, we put our, our show out. Um, and I don't want to break anyone's heart out there, but our, our demographic is predominantly blokes aged. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, blokes aged pr- between 23 and 59, um, primarily 35 to 59. Um, we have 91% of the Spotify lis- listenership are male. Um female eight percent and two percent are not specifying and we, we, we we're 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 falling short on the non-binary set we don't have any <laughs> non. Uh, we, 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 we're 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 slacking on the kids um, we don't we don't appeal to the kids Aaron. and that's 0 to 17 is zero um 18 to 22 percent 18 to 22 year old is six percent so whether that's because spotify is a subscription service and maybe um you know the kids don't subscribe to stuff now i don't know um and over 60s we're very short on that but i thought we some fascinating musical artists because it being spotify gives you a breakdown on the music that our listeners listen to um and i just love this spread which i thought it might be a good way to close the show today um because i think each artist appeals to a certain one of our panel so aaron i've got you down as the oasis man because oasis is an artist that um uh spotify says our listenership are you an oasis fan yeah
1: i mean i mean you know i tolerate them my favorite. oasis
3: oasis oh, my favourite band. Yeah, um, I, I remember from uni.
1: So. I, remember, I remember. Oh, yeah. It. Uh,
3: the propaganda <laughs> days. <laughs> wasn't
5: it? Yeah.
2: Strangely, I've never met Mike. Uh, we, 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 uh, 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 our contact <laughs> yeah. is entirely so far. We hope we'll catch up with beer at some point soon. But, we will. Um, so far, it's been entirely Skype-based, but I'll add you down as Drake, the Drake man, because Drake is one <laughs> of the five artists. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Ryan, I, I thought Ryan must be Dave. There's this drill grime artist, or whatever. I don't actually know what drill is, <laughs> listeners. Oh, I haven't got. A I, I, I don't really know what it is, um, but Dave, which he sounds like he's a plumber. I've heard an uncle Dave. I had an uncle Dave, uh, it was and he was a plumber. And he did live down, I mean, in Downham in um in Bromley. So um Dave I thought must be Ryan. I'm gonna put that down as Ryan. Um, Stormzy, I can only think Harry's a Stormzy fan, Aaron, what do you think, he must be yeah, a, Are you
1: not a Stormzy fan, Nick?
2: I, I actually don't know anything about Stormzy <laughs> I, 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 when, I, when I was working they did a team building thing and I, that, that, there there's this little phase of team building events where the idea was that you, you could play some music in and it was always kind of whatever was happening at the charts And they, before the event they played a bit of, apparently it was Stormzy, my, my graceful Stormzy um, his graceful Eyes oh, or something. I thought it was a load of shit, personally. Did you, did you have a little bop to it? I thought it was a load of shit, and in <laughs> fact, it was stormsy. <laughs> I, I don't know what I expected. They, they, in the office, they used to play um, Kiss FM incessantly, and every track actually sounded the same to me. I know you. I know when you get older, you're, you're not supposed to say this kind of stuff, but it was just the same beat and the same bloody kind That's of voice. do right,
1: don't like it. Anyway. Voice, <laughs>
2: voice, voice, working track. So. I think Harry's a Stormzy fan, and I know he's going to be out there quaking in his boots at the thought of it. Um, and the other artist on our list here that Spotify says our listeners are big on is the Rolling Stones. And, um, well, I'm not going to say who that might might be amongst the group. <laughs> that, might be, um, that might be me, I suppose. So anyway, there we are. So all you listeners out there, all you 35 to 59-year-old bloke. You, would, you, you found your home here on 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 Acton Mill. If, if 35 to 59, yeah, you
1: uh, identify as enjoying drill-based music. <laughs> when you mean drill, I'm not talking D, walt Makita, Bosch, that kind of thing. This drill sort of music, and
2: you uh, you also enjoy Stormzy. Tweet us, we'd like to know who you are. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we, I, 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 I look at these numbers, and if I was in professional environment, you'd be saying, "Oh, we've got to reach those, these other demographics," but I don't. I don't think we should do anything other than what we're doing at the moment, really. So I don't know how we're going to reach the kids, and I don't think I want to reach the kids. No. Um, I'd, like to get, I'd like to get more ladies listening to the show, and I, I keep trying to lure onto the show female voices, and then maybe, we'll, maybe we'll achieve that at some point. It'd be nice to... Yeah, maybe. Uh, contact us, girls. Contact us. We want to get you on the show. It'd be no, nice just um, for a change. I'll get
3: Rhea on, shall I? She might say LA one time. Yeah. Just that's, about, that's, about <laughs>
2: That's all she'll say. <laughs> so there we are. So, yeah, that's. I think that really is the show now, Aaron, after that little final interlude. There you go. Thank you very much
1: uh, for joining us. Thank you, Mike Hayden, Kebab King south london uh nick hart thank you as well mate for your musical insight thank you. you enjoyed it mate uh and uh thank you for joining us if you're listening to us on the way to forest hope you have a safe trip be careful with all those corona stuff don't make sure you wash your hands as well like you know, yeah don't, don't don't, don't hand don't, like, touching random people and all that when you celebrate jump around but try not to touch people <laughs> Try not to puff, laugh, sing, etc. Just, Just basically, we, we, that's the last thing we need down the dead is coronavirus. So, you know, um, yeah, just be safe out there. Thanks for listening to Acton Millwall. Until next week, bye for now.
2: Acton Millwall and The Real Millwall Fan Show are the number one Millwall podcast, so we want to hear from you. So get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts, your views, your rants about all things Millwall. We've got email AchtungMilwall at gmail.com. All one word, AchtungMilwall at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us and leave us a voicemail on 0208 144 0232. That's 0208 144 0232. Leave us a voicemail. No human will be involved in the receipt of your message. So give us a shout. Tell us what you think about All Things Milwall. And the best messages will be read out on air.